check, check. Oh yeah, we're in. I am not sure if you've checked the calendar or not, but today is Friday. My name is Fletch and welcome back to the second episode of Friday with Fletch. I wanted to take a quick little moment and say thank you to you and your ears for giving episode one a listen. I greatly appreciate the support and the encouragement. On this second episode, I sit down with Aaron Root, who is a DJ, a music producer, and a business owner, and talk out different experiences and stories with him that have helped shape who he is today as an artist and a musician. So if you are someone who's really interested in music and the music industry, this is definitely one that is going to pique your interest. I hope you enjoy. The only way to start this really is to uh, to introduce yourself and just give a little bit of background to anyone who's listening of, of who you are and um, what what you want people to know about you. Well, it's uh, it's I've I've done a couple of these with other people, and I always one of the challenges is figuring out how I want to introduce myself. Well, my name is Aaron Aaron Root. Um, I guess I'm assuming we're talking about uh, my creative projects. So, in that vein, I am a uh, music producer. I'm a DJ. I, I consider myself honestly a DJ first. Most people are, most people are like, oh, I'm a producer first. I'm I'm a DJ first because that's what I, you know started with um that has since grown to like i said um music production uh, i own a uh music events company like kind of a, a promoter company and it's called lunar lounge um i i blog for uh, a music blog i do a lot so i do a lot of different stuff but probably my main areas of focus are music producer slash dj and then i throw events uh through my company lunar lounge it's really cool because i've seen um, Lunar Lounge like grow and I've seen like the videos and the content and it's just elevated every time I, I come back and um, I see what you guys are putting out so that's been really awesome to witness so you're talking about like you as as a DJ or just like your relationship to music um, and how like it, it's everything that you're doing um, is revolved around music. Um, do you mind going back a little bit and just telling me when did this relationship to music really start? Yeah. Well, so I've always been, I've always liked music. There's a couple moments in my life where I think I looked back and I like, I don't, I didn't notice it at the time, but looking back, I, uh, I should have realized how big I was into music. One, one time that sits out in particular, my parents surprised me on my 18th birthday and got, uh, a party bus with all my friends. So we we're all heading to the beach. It's like 20, 25 of my friends. And like, I'm like, it's my birthday. And like, this party bus is my bus. I can do literally whatever I want to do, right? I can go like, <laughs> this is your bus. <laughs> this is my time to do whatever I want to do. And you and I freaking did, dude, I went over and I just managed the aux cord. Like I was like, I mean, I talked, I talked to my friends and I interacted with them, but like, I literally in my like purest of happiest moments would rather play music for people on that bus to have fun than mm. I would to like. Like that was just what I I just gravitated towards that, um, mm. so that moment sticks out. And then really, what I think the the real story is, and I this is this is something that I've been preaching a lot when I do talk about my journey is, uh, mine really started. <laughs> 
it's so funny telling this story. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a teacher's like a uh, high school teacher's room. My soccer coach, uh, were in his classroom before a game. And one of my teammates is literally just messing around with this thing called virtual DJ. Uh, I was like, Hey, that looks fun. Can I play with it? He's like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, cool. And I played with it for like an hour and I was like, all right, I downloaded it on my computer, would get distracted doing homework every now and then. Um, then when I got to college, I had a lot of extra free time. Uh, this was, this was pre football. Uh, and then once we got to football, then I would do it on my downtime, but I, I would just mess around with that program. And I started like really messing around, like started really having fun. And it basically just escalated from there. It turned into, oh, I'm going to buy a little bit of gear. Then it was like, okay, I'm going to actually try to get good at this. Then I was spending a whole summer. Then next thing you know, I was DJing our fraternity parties. Then next thing you know, I was DJing at the boot. And then it just, it just, you know, it just spiraled from there. So the two, the two moments that really stick out to me, I mean, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh man, I figured out I love music when I was in high school. Like I've surely loved music as a kid growing up. But I think those are two moments that really stuck out as like, those are pivotal moments or at least pivotal indicators in my life that like, yeah, this is what I want to be doing with my free time. I really enjoy doing this. It's like you wanted to be or you prioritize creating the environment rather than just like being someone who was like, okay with taking in whatever was playing. Like you wanted, you believed and were so passionate or it seemed like you're so passionate about the stuff that you love that you rather uh, create that for your friends like on, yeah, on at 100%. least for the party bus and then the other story it's like it's really funny how um those little moments where it's like you you think it's nothing ends up becoming the spark exactly like no one thought that like no one thought when i wasn't sitting there that day it's before the soccer game being like oh wow like i just figured out this moment that just happened is what's going to make me create my first ever LLC. Like, no, I was like, all right, I got to go play forward in like an hour, but this seems like I'll kill some time between now and then. (laughs) It wasn't the eureka moment (laughs) then. No, not at all. But it's like the Steve Jobs quote though, man. It's like, it doesn't make sense when you're like in the moment, but then like looking back, all the stars align like perfectly. Like that, that had to happen to really um, get you started and and get you moving in in the direction you were truly meant to go. Yeah. Uh, There's another story that I'll share too. I, so, I mean, and you knew me in college, right? So you knew my involvement of, I actually, part of the reason I quit football was so that I could focus on DJing. I mean, it wasn't just that. Like I also was like, all right, this, this, this organization is whatever, like the coaching <laughs> staff is whatever. It's a whole different that conversation. Is another conversation. <laughs> but, uh, so you know what it was and it was, it was, it was really just that like, yeah, like, I enjoyed DJing, but like it was, I was the boot DJ. And I actually remember I would get really angry when my friends would say like, oh, I can't wait till you're a famous DJ. I'd be like, I'm not going to be a famous DJ. Like I'm just a boot DJ. I would actually get angry. And it was weird. It was weird. I think there was a part of me that was like a gen, like, I think there was a, there, that was, there was a part of me that realized how bad I wanted that. And like, I just thought it was impossible. So I would get angry when that thought would enter my brain because I was like, this reality is so impossible that I don't even want to put mental effort thinking about it. Cause I don't want to be disappointed. Mm. And so to that end, when I moved to New York, I purposefully left all my DJ gear in Tampa. What? I was like, I'm an adult. Yeah. I left everything in Tampa. I was like, I'm an adult. Like I have a day job. I'm not going to break into the, the scene here. It's not going to happen. And like two months in, I was like, damn, like 
damn, like this itch is way, this is a way bigger itch than I realized I had. Like I, it, it didn't take, I, I didn't realize how much I wanted to do it until I told myself I couldn't, you know what I mean? It's like you, when you, when you, you want something you don't have. So I would like come home from work and I would start like just, I would literally just like, I'd, I had Excel docs, bro, with like legitimate, like, like functions that were like, Hey, you met like 10 people last night and you met like 15 people like two months ago. So it's been 60 days since you talked to this person. It's been 30 days since you talked to this person. And like, it would highlight red if I'd gone too long without talking to someone. And that was how I built my network. Like I, it was super methodical. I like would reach out to people and at that point when I started making connections and realizing like, oh my God, like this actually isn't as hard to do as I think it is. Like I could break in here. There was one meeting in particular where I like basically got in front of the talent. So a talent buyer is someone that books, like books DJs. And I got in front of the talent buyer of one of the biggest promotional companies in New York. And he was, he asked me point blank, like what DJs should we book? And I was like, Hey, not to like, not to sell myself, but like, I'm a DJ and I think you should book me. (laughs) And he was like, he was like, great. Send me your music. He said, great. Send me the music you've made. And I was like, because I had not made any music and I had been putting off making music forever. Like I picked it up, put it down. It's hard, man. It's so hard. Um, and I basically, again, told myself I would never put in the work because I didn't think I was ever going to do it. Like, I was like, this is not worth my time. I'm not going to succeed. And like at that moment there, I remember like just a switch has been flipped that has like not turned off. Like I, I walked out. I remember this moment very, very, very vividly. I walked out of uh, this office. It was winter. It was it was it was a couple of days away, a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving because I remember Black Friday was around the corner. I called my friend and who 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 is who does produce and is into that type of stuff and I said, "Hey, just got out of a meeting with the Talent Buyers Good Looks Collective. I'm going to start producing. Uh Black Friday's in 2 weeks. What do I need to order?" And I dropped like 2 grand. I just bought everything I needed and literally every single day since that day, I have so that was three years ago, almost every single day I've woken up and done something to move forward in the music industry, whether right before I was talking to you, I was watching uh, Twitch streams of Disclosure, uh, watching them produce. Um, so I make sure I do at least something every day. Um, or if I don't, it's because I'm actively like I actively need to take a mental health day. That's the only time I don't do something. Dude, so it it sounds like your craft. It's like that day. Um, is the day that you decided to say, fuck it, I'm doing this. It's, it's like you, you, we all make these decisions in life. And I think that decision of, well, also like when you have the gear, man, and when you have everything you need around you, like you don't have time for excuses anymore. Like there's no excuses when you have everything in front of you and just by pulling trigger and and having all the resources around to create and start to produce. Um, I mean, you guys experienced that with the bus too, right? Like you, like, you're like, how am I going to convert this bus into like a home? We have no idea what we're doing, but like there comes a time where your the importance of achieving a goal. And I think this is, I think this is very, very prominent in Western culture specifically, like Americans always talk about the American dream, but I think it's also like a universal thing too. Like, if you want something bad enough, you stop 
finding the reasons why it can't work and you just automatically start finding the reasons why it can. And you kind of almost illogically ignore the reasons why it can't. Like, yeah, obviously we're sitting here like, yeah, no, you don't have carpentry skills and you really don't know how to like convert a bus. And like, no, like I don't really, uh, three years ago, I did not even know what a freaking sine wave was, let alone like how I was going to make that become music. But like you find out what you don't know and you learn it and you go after it. So, And it's attacking it with that, that sort of mindset, which enables you to think it's possible now. And, and that's, that's something that's, it sounds like it's very inspiring um, for me to, see, to hear from you is like your way and method of saying, like, I'm going to get a little better every day just a little better. Like no matter what you're doing is putting time because that's what it is, man. You think you think about like the people who have achieved quote unquote greatness and done something like incredible in their lives. It's look at the hours and the amount of time they've spent on their craft. I've been getting really frustrated lately because I mean, I would say that people are starting to notice that like, you know, my music industry six, like I'm certainly not successful. The definition of success is different to everyone. And I'm not like, I'm not hyping myself up. I'm not putting myself down. I'm just acknowledging like I'm still in the beginning of the journey, but it's clearly a journey that's happening. And I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, how, how'd you, I wish I had this passion like you. I wish I had this like you. And it's like, dude, I started this because I was bored before a soccer game. Like, what? Like, I don't don't know. I I have no skill set. I don't. I have no inherent skill set that you weren't also given at birth. Like, everyone has the same ability to achieve things. Like, talk to Golub. We talked to Golub lately. He has uh, Aaron Golub was our for anyone who doesn't know was my long snapper in college, and he's legally blind, and he plays he played collegiate football like the dude just does like okay yeah i'm blind but like i can still figure out how to snap a ball like and then he just went after it so yeah and i think i mean something i always am talking about is like dude literally the biggest pet peeve for me is hearing someone say i'm not creative because what that does is is it creates this negative feed feedback loop in your own head. And so every time you think about something, um, you're like, oh, I can't create like him or I don't. And it's that, uh, it's that comparison culture, man, that we're so accustomed to. And it just seeps into our veins. And we think, oh, just because you don't express or create like this person, um, you think you're not creative. So I'm just like, so curious because of of your passion. Um, Like, what would you tell someone who is that voice, who is listening to that voice of, I'm not creative. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, so I'm in sales, right? So my goal is to take logical statements or objections and unpack them and talk about where, where they come from, where they stem from. So let's do that, right? So if someone says, I'm not creative, what does that mean? That means that, one, you have a de- definition of what being creative is whatever that may be for you. And you have, secondly, you're looking at your current status as a person and you think, I do not align with that creativity. Like, I am not that, I can't be that. And then you're also saying that I can't be that in the future. So all three of those things need to be talked about. So what is a creative? Well, creative, creative 
being creative means different things for different people, right? So like for me, obviously, like it's music, but I also think a very large aspect of my creativity is like thinking about the trend, the things that go into my events and like maybe even my social media posts. Like there's so many different ways to quote unquote get creative. So there's like, that's like a whole topic that we could talk about, but just keep that open-ended, what you consider being creative. The second thing is the, I currently as a human am not that. Whatever my definition of creative is, I'm not that. I don't know, right? Let's say you're, again, we'll just use music as an example. You know, if I'm calling Skrillex a creative, like, no, I guess I'm not Skrillex. Like, no, I, I, I literally physically cannot do the things that he can do. But that leads to my third point, which is like, I could one day, because Skrillex has been doing this for like 20 years, and I've been doing this for three so the amount of technical skill sets that he has to implement his creativity are far superior to mine. So I might have a cool idea, but I can't get it down. Whereas he's like, oh yeah, like I know exactly the sound I need to create to do X, Y, Z. So really all that leaves you with was that second point that we were talking about, which is like, sure, I could be creative if I worked at it, but I don't think inherently I come up with good ideas. And I just think that's bullshit. I think every single human being has creativity at their core and has the ability to express themselves. So if you take a look at all those three different arguments we just made, anyone that says I'm not creative, you're basically just putting, you're doing what I did. Uh, you're, you're, you're blocking out. You're saying you're, you're scared of failure. You're scared of achievement. And you're doing what I did when I moved to New York. And I'll tell you that you're wasting time because you can. And the more time you tell yourself that you can't do that, the less time you have to actually go out, be creative and get better. Oh, dude, that is a... That was a freaking awesome answer, man. And and something that really stuck out to me was talking about um, uh, expression and how that is such a powerful mode. And even when you were talking about mental health days, dude, and like how expression it like plays such a big role in mental health. Um, and like that is something that I continue to not only like figure out and and go on more of a journey um, uh, like with myself of like, how can I express in different ways? Cause like you're saying, man, creativity isn't just in one aspect of, of life. It's how you look at it. It's your perspective around creativity. Like for instance, when I'm making a smoothie, like that is a creative act for me, like life. If you really zoom out, it's like life in an essence is a creative act. Like think about, um, like what you were just saying about your social media posts, what you're, how you dress, like your branding, how you are, um, like your logo and everything, especially because you're doing events too. It's like the whole nature of life is a creative act. And then in that act, there are these little like scenes that we have an option um, to approach with that creative thumb. Yeah, it's all expression and not to like, I swear to God, I have, I have, I'm making this statement under zero influence of, of any plants here, but like, we're all on a floating meteor in space. Like that's, that's life. <laughs> like that's life right now. We're in a floating meteor in space. Um, so like when you think about the fact that you like, when you think about the fact that like every single interaction that you have big or small in your life is in the context of a fleet of, you know, a, a meteor hurling through space. It's like, Hmm. All right. Like maybe puts a little bit less pressure on your life to do anything and maybe kind of just express who you are. Like my, my, the, 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 
connection I'm making here is that when you realize that life might not have as much meaning as you think it might, you then can attach whatever meaning you want to. And then that's, Mm. that's your creativity. That's your expression. So like the fact that you and I are even on this podcast and talking about this stuff are, it, it signifies that these are topics we care about because I could also easily be a creative person and like, like making music, but not really think about the world in this way. And so then therefore my expression is different. So everything is creative. Everything is expression. Yeah. And I think something that was just coming to mind, I mean, when you were talking about that, that zoom out approach of like looking at life is dude, we're just floating. We're just on this planet floating around. And if you truly can zoom out, um, and, and gain some perspective, sometimes that causes ease to, um, the expectations I think that society and our culture puts on us to go get the day to day or the nine to five job and, um, achieve quote unquote success and have a family and a wife and all these things that we're supposed to have at a certain age. Um, when in essence, I, I think the more we're able to express, the more we're able to understand ourselves and the more we're able to understand who we are and how we express and our true nature and our true essence, then we can share that with the world through the lens of authenticity. And like, it's, it's so cool when I see someone speaking their truth, you know, they're, they're doing it because we all have stories, man. We all have something to say. And it's our, I think our job and our duties as human beings to figure out just how we want to say it and what our, what our platform is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I also find it ironic in that I believe that the societal metrics of success. So like you talked about nine to five, having a wife, whatever. I think that those are actually achieved uh, or you're able to achieve those more easily when you do have self-expression. So I'll give you an example. Uh, The past couple of months have actually been a little interesting for my family. My dad was actually got diagnosed with cancer. He's all good now. He's actually just rang the bell at his last radiation treatment uh, like two weeks ago. But, you know, we went through like, it was like he, he was diagnosed two weeks before coronavirus. So it was like, hey, you're coming home because there's an international pandemic. And while you're home, uh, you literally can't leave the house because if your dad gets sick, he'll die. So like, yeah, yeah, it was bad. So like, my, I started kind of just giving zero fucks about a lot of, a lot of things. So I'd like, I'd show up to work on my like zoom calls and I'd talk to people and I'm like, you know, like I'm just dealt with like my dad losing all of his hair. Like I'm not about to like sit on this call and like try to be a stiff board. I'm going to just be myself. And I found that actually I've literally succeeded more in work when I've been my authentic self. There was a, a company I was speaking to where the chief strategy officer like loves house music and like biggest deal of my career after they signed the contract, she's introduced me to like five, six, seven different club promoters in New York. She's got friends in Portugal. She sent me like DJ invitations. This is the chief strategy officer of a 500 person company. And why? Because when we were chatting, I was like, I'm not, I'm just going to be myself. Like, yep. Yep. Behind me, there's some foam. Yep. Like I'm really into house music. Love this stuff. Oh, you're into house music too. And like, if you, if you stifle that expression, I mean, not that like that deal wouldn't close, but I mean, certainly hurts it. 
the human element was a big factor of it. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking about is when you can connect with another human, just on that human level, what it does is it, it, there's a connection formed, man. And that connection then is able to then open up the door to just be like, Hey, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love that too. Yeah, exactly. And, and people, people respond to that. People respond to you sharing something about yourself, uh, then they they are they they tend to find themselves inclined to share things about them too, and the next thing you know, you have a connection with someone within five to ten minutes of meeting them, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Sharing your art is something that's so vulnerable, and people forget. Like when you put out a song, or when you when I release a video, it's like, hey, I'm releasing something out into the world, out into the ether, that. I sunk myself into. So this is like, it's a part of me, but then once I release it, it's now it belongs to the world. Yep. That, that, that is like a, that's a topic we could get into for hours and hours. <laughs> Just like sharing and what that means. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I know, um, just for the the sake of time and everything is I am my goal is to try to keep these um, pretty short just so someone is if they're just getting ready in the morning or they have a 30 minute lunch break and just want a little injection of creativity um, that is the purpose of this so my I I would love for you uh, to leave everyone with um, a way to follow you um, through Instagram or Facebook or whatever, wherever your channels are. Um, and then also just like a little bit of uh, explanation more about Lunar Lounge, because I think that's yeah. a really awesome thing. And, and I'd love for people to, uh, to hop on and, and know what's ha- what you're up to in that way. Definitely. So breaking my two main projects down, uh, my like producer slash DJ name is Azure, A-A-Z-U-R-E. That comes from uh, my favorite color is blue. And I kind of like, I don't have synesthesia, but I kind of like think in colors when I play music. So that's Azure. You can follow me on, uh, it's at Azure Music on pretty much everything. I use Instagram the most. And then uh, Lunar Lounge, which is my events company, uh, that's at Lunar Lounge Presents. So Lunar, like the moon, lounge, presents. Um, So what Lunar Lounge is, is basically to make it simple is the intermediary a promoter is an intermediary between a club and artists um sometimes clubs bring book artists themselves sometimes they need someone to do it for them uh so what we do is we basically say hey i'll give you an example odd mob who is a dj in australia we'd like to bring you to new york when you're on your u.s tour uh, we will work with the club Shemansky. Shemansky, here's the deal. Here's the, here's the you know bar split. Here's the ticket margins. Yada yada yada. Everyone makes money here, um, and we basically just promote it. We promote the party. We sell the tickets. We make sure people come. Um, and so the reason I started it, to be totally honest, was because I wasn't getting booked in New York. And I was like, all right, word, I'm just going to throw my own parties then. And that's how it started. And then I was like, wait a second, this is actually like working 
which again, back to like the soccer story, like I did it literally just because I wanted to DJ, not because I wanted to like make it a full-time company. And then like, I mean, it was certainly taking off and then the whole coronavirus thing happened. So that's put a little bit of a pause on it, but yeah, it's, it was taking off. Um, and so, yeah, the whole idea behind that is just let's, you know, uh, book cool shows, bring cool acts, get people here. And I think probably the one thing that I've been focusing on is uh, making each, like making a brand around Lunar Lounge. So it's not just like, you're not just coming because we booked a cool DJ. Like, you know, let's say in a fake world, we booked Diplo. You're not just coming because we booked Diplo. You're coming because you also like every Lunar Lounge party. So that's the idea behind it. Mm. Dude, that's freaking awesome. And when we, I guess when you close your eyes right now, what is, what's the dream, man? Tell me. Where are you playing? What's happening with Lunar Lounge? I, I ask myself, I ask myself that on a daily basis, uh, literally a daily basis. I, I don't really know the answer. Um, what I know is that I very much want to be in the music industry. I, when I close my eyes, it's always playing on a big festival stage. There's a lot of logistics behind that. And I'm not necessarily sure that I would love the touring life and things like that. But I think, uh, the succinct answer would be, I'd love to be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to being like a, like Lunar Lounge being a, a really big promotional company, like booking all the biggest DJs and then using that as a platform for me to play a show every now and then on some pretty big stages. So that would be, yeah, I'd be, I'd be pretty cool with that. So five years down the road, Lunar Lounge is, it's a freaking thing. And people know Lunar Lounge. Yeah. We're throwing festivals yeah. and stuff. That'd be ideal. That'd be oh, ideal. Dude, I, uh, I love that, man. And I, I, I wish the best of luck with that. And especially Thank you. Um, as we come out of this, hopefully this the Corona thing. That, yeah, man. Because that's something that I've missed dearly, man. I, I know a lot of it, this conversation is, is talked about like your love for music and how it's such a passion for you. But I mean, dude, music is, is the heartbeat for, for me. And I, I freaking love going and dance dancing my rocks off like i love listening to djs man because i hear like it is it's a very spiritual experience for me it is and the industry is going to be transformed a lot from this but i i do believe that i do believe that it shined a light on some changes that were necessary so hopefully we'll come out better and stronger mm, i believe it man I, I and i believe that uh Whatever is going to happen, like, I, I don't know, when you were talking, I, for some reason, I saw this, this image of you playing at a stage, like South, <laughs> South America, man, I feel like has, has something for you. So, uh, <laughs> keep that in the back of your head, man. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Well, I just want to let you know, man, you're not only uh, an, an inspiration to your immediate network, but you're an inspiration to everyone who's listening to this because you're creating and anytime you're creating something, I believe you're making this world a better place. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. I really do. Uh, well, thank you, Fletch. I think the same about you. Hey, check out blue marble. Yes, dude. We are, uh, we got some things over here happening, dude. Just watch the doc. Um, Great doc. Thanks brother. Really do appreciate it. Great talk. All right, man. Really appreciate it. So I'm going to stop this audio recording. And, um, and same. Beautiful.
Alrighty, friends, that is it for episode two. Thanks for tuning in. Before I hop off, I wanted to hear a quick word from our sponsor. (sighs) This episode is brought to you by Post Cologne. The only fragrance I wear is cologne by Post. What's up? (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Seedless Watermelon. Thanks, Trader Joe's. You supply my veins. <laughs> All right, guys, that obviously, um, you know, maybe post-cologne could be a real thing one day. We're not really sure, but right now, um, it is just a thought in my imagination. I will see you back next Friday. In the meantime, stay creating. <laughs>